here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Jeff Hawkins, what is the most interesting thing in WWE NXT right now? Hmm. For me, at least. Asuka and Nikki Cross. What is the most interesting thing in WWE Raw right now? In Raw right now, probably Braun Strowman. And what would be the most interesting thing on WWE SmackDown? Or Samojo. Um, SmackDown, it would be <laughs> The Miz. So so you put all these three things together. Asuka, Nikki Cross, The Miz, and Braun Strowman. What is the winner? What is the most interesting thing in all of WWE right now? You're going to tell me Baron Corbin, right? I'm not going to tell. I'm asking you. I'm not going to tell you. Anything. I don't know. It's a personal preference thing. The most interesting thing. Uh, you know what? I'm probably wrong on all counts. It's probably Samoa Joe, to be honest with you. I think uh, I think Samoa Joe coming in at the end of Raw made people feel like that Raw was better than it was, and that's that's fine. That's the way it usually goes when your your most important thing happens at the end and people get excited. Like you can sit through two and a half hours of something that's average and have a killer ending, and everyone walks away super excited. Uh, same thing for the opposite when you have two and a half hours of greatness and then the last hour and a half is pretty boring. Um, not even pretty boring, but maybe not what people expected. That's kind of how the Royal Rumble was. Uh, I, I saw people so joyous about the Royal Rumble all night long until Roman Reigns was number 30. And, and I mean, Roman Reigns was number 30. He didn't win, but because he was number 30, so many people were disappointed. Uh, and Randy Orton ends up winning. And then the next night, uh, you have Samoa Joe debuting as Triple H's henchman. And it looks like we're going to get Samoa Joe and Seth Rollins at some point. Uh, probably Fastlane, you'd have to say, right? Yes. And then the eventual Triple H. It, it's funny, too, that Samoa Joe comes in all hyped. If Triple H and Seth Rollins is the match at WrestleMania, then Samoa Joe loses at Fastlane, no? Or Triple H interferes. They Samoa can Joe save gets the victory and... DQ loss. I mean, it's fine if he loses by DQ, but not. I don't think it's going to be a clean pin. You didn't like that raw, huh? I, I no. I'm just saying uh, it was an average draw to me. I mean, it was fine. It I was... thought it was way above average. I really? think they hit a lot of good things on there. I do. I, I think the Paul Heyman promo was pretty darn good. I think they hit all the right notes on Bailey for once in their life. I mean, that's like I the, the one tweet I had about it was. You know that moment where she went after Luke Gallows? That's what that's the that's how you write Bailey. She's she's an anime character. She's she's all hugs and stuff, and then you tick her off and she's ready to throw down. I I thought she was great. She's the Mary Tyler Moore of WWE or what have you. I thought they hit a nice subtlety with the with the Sasha relationship with her. I think, you know, what they did with Nia was fine. I thought, um, I mean what were some other things what they did with Braun and Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, I thought was pretty good. I, I, you know what? I think this, uh, I think you're shading this a little. Well, that's fine. I'm, there you I'm go. Usually yeah. I'm the most positive one on raws. 
I thought I thought and I thought SmackDown was kind of uh I mean the matches were okay, but I mean they, they set up what they needed to set up. It wasn't anything special, but it wasn't anything bad either. I thought I mean, yeah, we have Naomi 12 days was, until a pay-per-view. I yeah, mean, Naomi yeah, that's what they're doing. Is they're trying they're rushing it, which is the problem. I thought have, Naomi have, was good. Next week, I thought next week is the go home show. Yeah. Next yeah. week is the go home show for this pay-per-view. I feel like we just had Royal Rumble. Next week is the go-home for the Elimination Chamber, which is not just a filler pay-per-view when you consider that we're going to find out the main event of WrestleMania on this show. No, you don't not think necessarily. We, I think we are. I think we're finding out the main event of WrestleMania. At, and, and when I, we talked about this on the, uh, on the Fightful post-show on Sunday night is that when I say main event, I mean the SmackDown main event. It may not be the last match at WrestleMania, we're going to find out what you know opponent Royal uh, or Randy Orton has. We're going to find out who the so. champion is. I don't think so. I think they left themselves an out. How so? In the in the in the opening segment of SmackDown today, they put that AJ Styles' rematch clause will not be the part in the, will not be the elimination chamber. He will have a rematch if he wants it after the elimination chamber. They have an out to do something for a transitional champion of some way to get to another match if they want to. Well, you think that AJ Styles has the possibility of winning the championship back? Yes. Is that you're out? There's a possibility. I'm just saying there's a possibility. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm saying there's it's, it's, it's something that, that they have if they decide to change their minds, which they often do. To me, I, I think we're getting whoever the winner of the Elimination Chamber matches is, is the one facing Randy Orton. But at the same time, I know we're going to have, what, seven or eight weeks in between that show and the WrestleMania pay-per-view. So there is Plenty time. of time. There, there is time. Um, a lot of time. Uh, so this week's episode, Shake Them Ropes 194. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I am Rob. That is Jeff. You can follow us on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Crap Game 13. Catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Everywhere podcasts are sold for free. I uh, wanted to uh, open up with that question about the most interesting thing because there's a lot going on. I mean, Wednesday night, um, you know, we're releasing uh, this late Tuesday night, recording this right after SmackDown. Uh, tomorrow night, there is NXT TV tapings in Full Sail University. So we're going to find out kind of the direction about NXT uh, going into February and March. Um, still, pro- I don't know if we're going to get really the main events or all of them for the TakeOver show in Orlando, but we could, we could get what, you know, at least a, a special match. I don't know. Um, we could find out what's happening there. Uh, so a lot going on this week um, to fill out the, uh, we talked about on Sunday night and the ending of this episode after, after we talk about the current events of this week, we are going to attach and replay Sunday night's recording that we did with Alex Pulowski of fightful. Uh, we were live on Sunday night talking about the Royal rumble uh, the 2017 Royal Rumble victorious was Randy Orton on that show. Uh, we are going to talk about that show. We're going to post the uh, audio recording of that uh, as the end of this episode of Shake Them Ropes. So you will get to hear our full show from Sunday night uh, talking all things Royal Rumble. Uh, so we'll save this first portion for Raw and SmackDown. Also, our top 100 match is uh, Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat from Clash of the Champions 6, a uh, 
a part of the trilogy, many people look at as one of the greatest trilogies of all time or one of the greatest series of matches of all time in pro wrestling, Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat. Uh, before we get into the rest of the big things this week, Jeff, I wanted to go over all the winners of the Shake Them Ropes Royal Rumble pools. Uh, as some of you may know, if you listen to our show on Sunday or if you followed along to social media, the Tino Sabatelli celebration pool was won by myself. <laughs> I, uh, I drew number 23. Randy Orton drew number 23. I was victorious. I actually won a Royal Rumble pool. I did not think that was going to happen. Uh, Jeff, was it rigged? No. That's right. I don't think so. No, I, I, I got the numbers from Ernst & Young. I just, <laughs> I just take what they give me. That's all. I just take what they give me. So um, to go over the list of winners, though, because we had different side prizes for the runner-up, the most eliminations, the shortest reign, the Kane prize, which... I mean, that's one of the shockers of the night, Jeff, that Kane wasn't in the Royal Rumble. I got to say. Oh, I agree. I was shocked. So, Especially with all the big guys they had in there. I'm shocked. Oh, my God. I know. There. Just to come in there and face off with Braun Strowman randomly. You, you could have you you replaced Callisto or Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews. <laughs> yeah. Hell, did Dolph Ziggler really need to be in? Did Dolph really need to be in that match? Probably no. not. No. Um. Honestly, did Ty Dillinger have to be in that match? No. Um, the Tino Sal- We'll start with the Tino Sabatelli celebration pool, the Rob McCarran Memorial. Tino Sabatelli celebration pool was won by myself. The runner-up was Jeremy Sexton coming in at number 30. Uh, he was the winner of $20 prize. The most elimination, Steve Tanyako. Tanico, uh, you get a $10 prize. The shortest reign, Sarah Keneally. The shortest reign was James Ellsworth by just a couple of seconds beating out Enzo Amore. Uh, so at number 11, the shortest reign, you get the prize there, Sarah Keneally. And then the Kane prize, we substituted Big Show. Uh, if you listened to our podcast last week, it was the Kane prize. But if Kane wasn't in the Rumble, you get Big Show's number. So Big Show was the substitute. Chris Lazito, you are the winner of a $10 prize. Moving on to the Jeff Hawkins Memorial Pool. Hold I'm on. To say, what's, what, what's Hold up? on. What's up? What are you doing with the 100? Um, I don't know yet. I can't keep it. I told the world that I wouldn't. So right. I don't know. We're going to have to figure out something. We're going to have to figure out a giveaway. Maybe I'll maybe I'll have to use the $100 to buy a prize that we use for like a rum, uh, WrestleMania giveaway or something. I'll have to I'll have to use it and set, you know, give it to the people in some way. I just haven't figured roll that out yet. Roll it over. <laughs> and I could I could roll it over to next year's prize where it's just a jumbo. It's like the 40 man rumble. It's just the biggest rumble prize ever. Uh, we'll figure something out. We might have some type of WrestleMania thing going on. I don't know. Um but we'll figure it out. Right now, it's going to stay in the pool of money. It's not going to go into the bank account. Nope, I'm not doing that. Uh, some people suggested that I uh, I use them to buy different ingredients to make something of a hat, some type of hat dish. But I, uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know. Uh, Jeff, you didn't win any prizes, I'm sorry to say. Okay. <laughs> What am I supposed to say to that? I didn't know I did not win. I think you did rig me to get an early number, and that's I did fine. Not. I, did I ended not. up with Jack Gallagher of all people, the one cruiserweight, so he could do prop comedy. I got to tell you, there were there were three earlier numbers that won prizes. Number seven won a prize. Number eleven won a prize, and number nine won a prize. So the earlier numbers weren't uh, that bad to have. You're not sating my love for cash, Rob. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It is ironic that I won and you won no prizes when you were gleefully exclaiming that you would take all the money and run. I should take your hundred from here. You probably should. Yeah. Probably should. It's about time I gave you something. 
The winner of the Jeff Hawkins Memorial Pool was number 23, Tracy Allen. Congratulations, Tracy Allen, on being victorious. You get the $100 prize plus the uh, Prince Puma autograph poster, care of Lucha Underground. Most eliminations, Michael Levy. Rachel Hark came in at number 30. She was the runner-up prize. So, Rachel Hark, congratulations. Uh, Josh Allen was the shortest reign. And then the Kane Prize went to Alfred Ariola. So congratulations to Josh, Alfred, Rachel, Michael, and Tracy on your victories over Jeff Hawkins in the Jeff Hawkins Memorial Pool. That was the Royal Rumble Prize. We got two pools going. I want to thank everyone who played. Um, we'll try to do it again next year, but that was uh, it turned out pretty well, Jeff. Maybe next year we might even get three pools. Yes. And I'll, and then, uh, and then I'll we could put the winners myself. of we could get we could get thirty pools, and we could get the winners of all thirty pools in its own pool. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. If I can make this like a World War Three type situation, that'd be so cool. <laughs> it was always all one right, of my so, favorite pay per views. I gotta say. So the one part of the weekend we didn't go over on Sunday for for you at least. Have you watched NXT Takeover? Um, I did not watch it in full. I kind Never of never mind. The old... Then <laughs> move on. I mean, I know what happened. I I know I got to watch the DIY match. Um, it, it doesn't it feel like I really have to watch Shinsuke versus Bobby Roode. But you know what? It over delivered. It really did. It was not. It was not the dud or the boring show or or the uh that's it the underwhelming thing that people were expecting. It lived up. It it wasn't. I'll put it this way. There was no match you walked away and went, man, that's the most awesome thing I ever saw. It'll be in my top 10 of the year. But everything was very, very good. Even the four-way women's match, which was possibly my favorite match of the night. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back and watch it at some point. I just I had other commitments on Saturday, and then Sunday was uh, full of, I mean, Royal Rumble. It was six hours yeah. long, so it, it was a long day. I didn't mean to out you like that. I, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I wasn't doing, uh, we were doing the post-Rumble show and NXT. We'll, we'll talk about NXT as it goes along. So there's just, there's just a lot of stuff going on uh, as we headed to April. But, you know, I, I felt like we ended up getting a new champion, Bobby Roode. Um, you know, I, I can't remember if I thought, uh, I honestly can't remember if I thought that Bobby Roode was going to win. I mean, it was kind of 50-50 going into the show, right? You know, it could go either way. Yeah. Um, it's a, It's surprising for the fact that if Cassius Ono comes in and they want to do Cassius Ono, Shinsuke Nakamura, they're going full on dream matches from this point on until Shinsuke is out of NXT. They're just going to do the pay-per-view specialty. He's not going to be in the title contention. It's just going to be whatever match Shinsuke is in, is in that, that dream match category or the, uh, the special attraction match category. Kind of like right. whenever John Cena wasn't champion and John mm-hmm. Cena had other things going on. You had to find creative ways to not put him in the title contention. That's what they're going to have to do with Shinsuke Nakamura, find creative ways to make sure he's not in the title uh, picture. I, I would agree with that. They'll probably pick up whoever's the hot indie star or whatever for a one-off with Shinsuke or whoever well, in, WWE, I, whoever in I, WWE maybe wants to do a match. I got to say, Cassius Sono and, uh, and Shinsuke Nakamura is probably one of your big matches coming in at NXT TakeOver. I'd say that's yeah. the big one. I don't I don't know what you do with Bobby Roode though. What what's next for Bobby Roode? Who's his challenger? I took a wild guess. I think it might be a Hideo Itami. Yeah. Cuz I don't want to see a Ty Dillinger Bobby Roode for the title program mm-hmm. just yet. They just got done. I don't know what to expect. So the uh the TV tapings will be interesting. Um yeah, I thought Samoa Joe debuting as Triple H's henchman. That was the big thing on Raw. Um I heard you guys talking. I caught a little bit of of your podcast on Fightful, 
after SmackDown and talking about, you know, the continuing situation of Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin possibly happening at WrestleMania in a match. And you brought up the idea that maybe they're just both in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and they face off and they might be the final two or might have a big situation. Do you think that's more likely than them having a match or is something else on the table for all of them? I really don't know. I think it's more likely that they're in the Battle Royal together because we have so many individual matches already and special attractions. And of course, and of course you need a half hour entrance for half these guys. So, (laughs) yeah, I can't wait for Randy Orton's half hour entrance. I'm really psyched. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really excited about that one. Um, you, uh, I, I posted on Twitter today. Uh Oh, I know it's always dangerous when I do so always dangerous. Um, I don't even know what pr- uh, precipitated this, um, but I posted a poll. Do you enjoy watching Baron Corbin wrestle? Very simple. At Shake Them Ropes was the poll. I put up three options. Do you enjoy watching Baron Corbin wrestle? Option one, yes, because of Baron. Option two, yes, because of his opponents. Or no, never. And Jeff... About 80% of the responders said one of the yes options. 20% said no, never. But out of that, 60% of the full poll results came back saying yes because of Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin's got fans. Oh, yeah. He's getting I, I, I don't deny that. I, I don't like watching Baron week to week, but I think Baron in big matches and, and, you know, the prime slots, I think he's pretty darn good. I think he, his problem is he's the strong silent lone wolf type and they put him out week after week after week. So he gets a bit overexposed. The problem I have, and I'm a Baron Corman fan, as you all know, the problem I have though, Baron and Braun seems to me not to be the, uh, the best option for a WrestleMania one-on-one I mean, a lot of Baron's matches are with guys like Apollo Crews or guy, you know, John Cena, AJ Styles, the guys who can control matches, the guys who are fluid, mm-hmm. the guys who know what they're doing. Uh, he had the match with Rhino and it wasn't awful, but Rhino's been in the business for a long time. Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin can die a death out there, I feel. Oh, yeah. And and no amount of Baron greatness or Braun greatness for that matter, because Braun's really good at certain things. Uh, Braun's good at being Braun. I don't know if he's good at being pro wrestler guy. Uh, that match would die a death if it's one-on-one at WrestleMania. And I think everyone knows that. So putting them in a Andre, the giant Memorial battle Royal face off is probably more likely. Yeah. Ziggler bounced around really well for Corbin as did. Uh, I believe Zach Ryder did at one point as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, those smaller guys who will take Baron's offense and who he doesn't have to necessarily lift up too hard and can just use the momentum for end of days. Um, yeah. No, and, and Braun, Braun has that kind of clubbing offense. That's really good and really strong. And, and, you know, guys like Owens and Reigns getting beat on and beat down. It looks really, really good. Um, and even Sami Zayn. So yeah, I, I think it's battle Royal is probably, and they'll probably end up eliminating each other in some way and, and keep that kind of mystery going as to will they, or won't they ever face one another? I, th- I think that's the way to go. If Baron Corbin hits the end of days on Braun Strowman, that's your WrestleMania moment of the year. Oof. Oh, I'd love it. 
Because he's hit I that on some big guys before. He's hit that on. Has Rival. he hit that on Kane? I believe. Uh, did he hit it on Kane? He may have. I don't know. I don't remember a Kane one. I think the biggest guy that I remember him hitting that on is Rhino. And maybe he hit it on Samoa Joe. I seem to recall Samoa Joe. One. Yes, I remember Samoa Joe. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, and we were even wondering then, like, is that possible? Is that going to happen? Uh, this is this is actually what precipitated that poll question being being brought up. Is a lot of people are talking about uh, Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer, on his radio show. I think post Royal Rumble, maybe post Raw, talked about how John Cena's wrestle currently uh, planned WrestleMania match would be a disappointment to many, and that led to people believing that it might be John Cena versus Baron Corbin. And that would not be a disappointment to me. I, I thought a John Cena-Baron Corbin match would be super interesting because Baron Corbin can wrestle guys like that and have really fun matches. And it's you're trusting Baron Corbin to go out there to have a 15-minute WrestleMania match with John Cena. And any John Cena match is one of the most important matches. So I thought that would be super, uh, super interesting. And, uh, and then the people, a, a few people had some blowback on that. Like that would be boring. That that is a disappointment. Baron Corbin doesn't deserve that spot. Uh, So I just, I I put a poll out there. Simply, do you enjoy watching Baron Corbin wrestle? And the results surprised a lot of people. I didn't think it would be as positive as it is, but yeah, 80% of the people saying, yes, I enjoy watching Baron Corbin wrestle. So, so there you go. Uh, But if Baron Corbin and John Cena is not the match, the other, uh, the other rumor making its way around now, Talking about a disappointing John Cena match. What do you think of this, Jeff? John Cena and Nikki Bella in a mixed tag with The Miz and Maurice happening at WrestleMania. <laughs> because well, we there, are pe- get- there are people going out on the line, and including a former WWE writer, that say this is the plan. You're not going to get big match, John. But I'll tell you something. I think Miz could talk you into the building on that one. I, I think I'm not, let's put it this way. I'm not rushing out to pay money to go see that necessarily. It'll be a fun type of thing. I don't, you know, Maurice is kind of a wild card here. Cause she's the only one not really, you know, regularly performing in the ring, but she, you know, she's been there. So she kind of knows what she's doing. It's like riding I, the bike. I, you know what, I, man, it depends what it always depends on what Miz they, they allow them to unleash here because it always seems like they want to every time Miz has a really intense promo then they feel they need to sports entertainment him up because he was way too intense on talking smack or something to that effect they always kind of go oh wait that felt a little too real we need to we need to uh you know ham it up a bit here and 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 uh, <laughs> and and make sure everybody knows Miz is more of a flake than a really intense serious guy and kind of ruins it for me like i mean but and and cena's gonna be i mean look i god that promo tonight i hated i absolutely hated that promo because it made things worse in my opinion from the burial from last week of aj styles i think it just drew attention to the fact that yeah i went a little bit too far in 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 how you know we made aj an unknown and was too as i like to say it was too uh too sincere by half it was like, man, he's really good. No, really, he's the best superstar I've ever fought. No, really, he is one of the greatest WWE superstars of all time. And you're just like, man, once would have been fine, John. Thanks. Thanks for giving the rub to the kid. The kid who is uh, older? Is, is Better. Older? Yes. Yeah. 
They're pretty similar. Um, I don't James Ellsworth is a damn god. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Coming around on James so Ellsworth. Were you ever negative oh. on James? I don't like his delivery a lot of times, but it's become so bad it's good. Like through the looking glass. Like I thought the the sketch last week in the in the dressing room. Look, a lot about that turned me off because it, the stereotypical gay character I thought was you know a little too clever by half, and and Ellsworth's delivery is so terrible and so stilted. It's so obviously put upon. This week he was fantastic when he said my boo. I, I cracked up and, and his and his uh his interference and combine that with JBL finding his rhythm on commentary whenever Ellsworth is out there. I thought that was a whole great segment. That and Miz on commentary. Miz Miz and Corbin's interaction I thought was fantastic too. That I mean those were the things for me that saved SmackDown from us far other than a really great performance by Naomi. Well back to uh back to the uh, Miz there. Um, somehow if John Cena and Nikki Bella are going to get in the ring with Miz and Maurice at WrestleMania and that, and that I feel would be a spectacle, they got to cut this thing off with Natalia and Nikki Bella, and they're going to have a, a match at, uh, at elimination chamber here in a week and a half, but you also got to get Miz back in the feud with John Cena and, and the Miz is going to be in the elimination chamber match. So the elimination chamber match can be setting up all these directions for WrestleMania, uh, the Elimination Chamber match, John Cena versus AJ Styles versus Bray Wyatt versus Baron Corbin versus Miz versus Dean Ambrose. You know what's um, going to happen? You know what's going to happen yeah. if, if it's that Cena, uh, Nikki versus Maurice and Miz feud is that Maurice is basically going to recycle all of Natty's lines about Nikki. Yeah. And then John Cena is going to absolutely cut Miz's balls off in a Probably. promo. Probably. I would I would say that's likely. Uh, John Cena is not going to lose, I don't think. But he lost tonight on SmackDown, taking the taking the pinfall too. John Cena, the champ, and sometimes the champion just has the job. That's why I'm amazed by this AJ Styles run, honestly, because AJ didn't lose matches. AJ was booked like no, a champion. They, yeah, they made him credible. Yeah, and John Cena loses in in multi person in multi person matches to to give doubt somehow. But I think uh, as we were discussing Sunday, I think it you know it, they're at least teasing Randy Orton and John Cena. Yeah, well, you got to. I mean, Randy Orton won the Royal Rumble. Hey, we were talking about what WrestleMania two thousand one, WrestleMania X seven, and how uh, just everything didn't shape up until the end of February for that card because you had no idea what was going on. Triple H was wrestling in title matches. Kurt Angle was the champion in February leading into WrestleMania 21 when you ended up having a WrestleMania 17 when you ended up having the rock and Steve Austin in there. So uh, mm-hmm. there is time They're They're back to the cycle where you're not going to build up the main event for three months. It's going to happen at the end of uh, February into early March. And that's when you're going to actually know the matches on here. One match we know is Goldberg Brock Lesnar. That match is happening at WrestleMania. The challenge was laid out on raw. Goldberg is going to be on raw next week. Goldberg Brock Lesnar three, over under on the match length, Jeff, five and a half minutes. I'll bet the under. I'll bet five minutes exactly. I don't think it's going on last, that's for sure. So I think you can get away with a shorter match. But if the whole story is about how Goldberg is this uh, is this wall and Brock Lesnar can't break through this wall, Brock Lesnar's got to win. Brock Lesnar's got to win and he's got to break through the wall or else it's a, kind of a dud of a story. Goldberg just beats him three times really quickly and then never again. Like, what would that be? <laughs> be 
<laughs> would be uh, against type for Vince to let a WCW guy do that. But, uh, you know, it'd be interesting. I'll tell you that much. It would put in doubt. I mean, look, you know what? They may do that. And I'll tell you why. Because Brock's suspension is up in July and he may be fighting. That may be a perfect excuse for him to go away for a while. I don't think he's ever fighting again in UFC. I don't I think don't, so either, I but, but I mean, the paydays are there, but I don't see it. I'm putting that possibility out there. All right. The other match uh, made after SmackDown uh, for Elimination Chamber, Tag Team Turmoil, American Alpha versus the Usos versus the Ascension versus the Villains versus Heath Slater and Rhino versus Breezango. So all of the teams on SmackDown basically uh, going to be in this Tag Team Turmoil match. And I asked the question, Jeff, we're going to get like an Apollo Crews singles match. We're going to get a Kalisto singles match. We're going to get these. This is a brand split pay-per-view if I've ever seen one. When you have so many guys tied up into two matches on this card, you're going to get some pretty weak undercard matches. You're probably going to get a 205 live match on here. You're gonna, I, I don't know if it can be the Cruiserweight title match because that's the whole Raw thing. Uh, but what else are they going to put on here? That tag division after the Usos and American Alpha is absolute garbage right now. Can you debut a new team? Uh, can you debut yes. a uh, an Authors of Pain? Can you debut a Johnny Gargano? Can you uh, debut the Revival? You could. You could very well. I mean, for me, it would have to be a heel team. And the way you do it is you have the Usos lose first. That's the only way I think that works because otherwise... Yeah, get them out of there. You get them out of there and you get them forgotten and then they go through the geeks and then you debut the new team who come out and probably beat them or lose by DQ. Mm-hmm. We will get to our top 100 match. Again, reminder, our Sunday night show that we did after the Royal Rumble. Uh, if you want to hear Jeff and I's thoughts on the Royal Rumble match, uh, we're going to be joined by Alex P- Pulowski of Fightful.com. Uh, we are going to talk all about the Royal Rumble. That will be after our top 100 match. I want to thank our sponsors uh, this month on Shake Them Ropes, MacWeldon.com. MacWeldon for all the best men's basics. You want to get high-quality fabrics, you go to MacWeldon.com. Try on underwear that will be better than you've ever tried on before. Use promo code STR at MacWeldon.com and save 20% off your first order. So go try it. If you don't like it, you can return it. No questions asked. Get all your money back. And also, Lord Time Pieces. I know, Jeff, you love your watch. I love my watch. I'm a little jealous. I got that. Uh, I got that order envy uh, about your watch when, once I saw the picture because the picture you took of that and sent out uh, does the watch a lot more justice than even the picture on their website. That is a gorgeous yeah. watch. So if you are looking for a Valentine's Day gift, if you're looking for a new watch, don't spend two hundred dollars at a department store. Go to LordTimePieces.com. Save ten percent off a watch right now with promo code Ropes. Save ten percent. Promo code Ropes. LordTimePieces.com. Spend under a hundred bucks for a watch that everyone's going to think you spent three hundred dollars on. And that's, there's an that's idea. True story. There's an idea. Take that hundred, buy a Lord watch, and raffle it off. I should. I should do there something like go. that. Yeah, They're good people. Do that's that. right. I'd have money left over too. That's the best part. Mm-hmm. If I if I had a hundred dollars to spend at Lord Timepieces, I would have much money left over. That's what we're talking about. Go to lordtimepieces.com. Catch the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Follow us at Shake Them Ropes and VoicesOfWrestling.com. The top 100 match this week. We are getting so close to the finish line. It's a sad time. We're at number four. Uh, a match that we talked about a few weeks back 
Um, mm. So many Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat matches that we accidentally watched the wrong one. Uh, but it kind of plays in because, it, what was it, match number eight on the top 100 was the last Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat. Uh, we have Clash of the Champions 6, which went against WrestleMania. Uh, April of 1989, Clash of the Champions 6, the best of three falls match between Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat went into this match as the NWA world champion. Yes. Uh, Jeff Hawkins, give us your opus about Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, and I want to know a little bit about what it meant to you. This, to me, I mean, look, uh, I think we've talked about this when we talked about the other two matches, but yeah. for me, 89, Ric Flair is one of the great all-time years in professional wrestling between the three matches he had with Ricky Steamboat and the matches he had with Terry Funk later that were set up by the Ricky Steamboat matches. Um, For me, I mean, 89 was so weird because you had Arn Anderson come back without Tully Blanchard, and I was not smart to – I did not get newsletters at the time, so I was kind of going, what's going on with the Horsemen right now? But, the you know, you had had the remnants of the Horsemen, and then the Horsemen reunited later that year. Um, And so they had to kind of uh, make up for all these talent losses between Dusty and Barry Windham leaving and Arn and Tully leaving and, and, and going to the WWF. And so what happened was um, they started a feud with Eddie Gilbert between what was left of the horsemen uh, and Eddie Gilbert. And Eddie Gilbert brought in Ricky Steamboat as a special uh, tag partner. Um, And we hadn't seen him since WrestleMania four, I believe. So um, to me, I, I watched these matches and, you know, all three of these matches, they're, they're from my youth, so I have a special affinity for them. But they're the style I like. And when you compare it to today's wrestling, I think watching this two out of three match, look, th- th- this match is long. It's not perfect compared to, say, I think the Chicago match is a little bit better than, than this two out of three falls match in terms of the story that they tell. But there's an interplay between audience and performers here that I think is missing in wrestling quite a bit because Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair are going with the flow of the audience and they're, they're determining what they're doing, kind of calling it on the fly here as they go along and listen to the audience's responses. Now's the time to get the heat. Now's the time to get the shine type of thing. Whereas today's wrestling, especially in the WWE is down to the moment because they're on a clock and here's your moves. Here's how you get to this moment. Here's how you get to your finisher. There was a, there's a little bit more artistic nuance to me to the Flair Steamboat series. And plus it's just chops and kicks and just brutality. And it feels more like a fight than an athletic exhibition. And it goes into my wheelhouse. This may not be yours and that's fine. Um, I understand there's a lot of people that will have some criticisms of this match, uh, especially in the second fall when Ricky Steamboat works over the leg and drops an elbow on Ric Flair's leg 12 times, and then that's never brought up again. It's just, it's 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 a missing piece, but they do have a lot of continuity in it with the chicken wing and with Ricky's knee giving out at some point. I think that's really good. I really enjoyed the, the in terms of this two out of three falls match, I was watching a lot of, because I accidentally, as 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 you note, I accidentally watched Steamboat Savage, and I was watching the officiating, uh, comparing Hebner to Tommy Young. 
And I just love that Tommy Young just picks his spots to be emotional and get involved as opposed to Hebner's playing to the back row and being histrionic all the time and yelling and getting in people's faces and kind of stepping on people and getting in the action. Like, like when, <laughs> when Ricky Steamboat slaps Flair in the face, and Tommy Young just kind of walks away with his hands up. It's a nice little, just subtle comedic moment where it's like, yeah, it's legal, but man, that was kind of a jerk thing to do, even for a baby face. I, I liked those little moments. And, and of course, towards the end of the match, they've been going an hour. And, you know, it's been treated as sport this entire time because they've canceled matches for time constraints. They're, they're worried about the TV time going over because Flair and Steamboat are having such a flow that they're afraid they're going to run over in time. Uh, the, the commentary team here is, I, I really enjoyed it. Jim Ross and Terry Funk here. I think Terry Funk was a fantastic subtle heel here, here saying things like, well, I didn't really see that closed fist, Jim. You know, kind of that sports commentary, yet still pro wrestling that's kind of missing for me in in commentary as opposed to the uber shilling of the wwe constantly and you know and and plus the the last run into the pinfall where they've already been going an hour and then they just decide to start chopping the hell out of each other again i you know what this is a all three matches are a magnum opus they're they're the lord of the rings they're the original star wars trilogy they're fantastic matches, and I'll even include the fan cam one that supposedly got "quote unquote" six stars from Dave Meltzer. To me, I mean, '89 is 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 Barry Bonds breaking the home run record for for Ric Flair between these and the Flair and these and the Funk matches. They mean a lot to my fandom, and it was a time when I was very. <laughs> unsure as to whether or not the NWA would survive because the WWF was getting much bigger and, and, and expanding. So, I mean, but this is my wheelhouse. This is W this is the NWA. This is Jim Crockett promotions. I, I love it. And it was a big WrestleMania. It was going up against too. It was the yeah. Randy Savage Hulk Hogan, which yes. had been built up for so long. So it's not like they were going against a, a slouch of a show. Um, I always like watching these, uh, these late eighties Ric Flair stuff, no matter what match it is. Uh, the finish of this one kind of set up the wrestle war match, which we had a little bit uh, earlier on our top 100 mm-hmm. uh, with the whole foot under the ropes deal. Um, but yeah, Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, not much more. You can say what's funny about this is all of the Flair Steamboat trilogy matches. I feel are super strong to be in this top 100 list. The match we had last week, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, probably not so strong, uh, which is crazy with it being top five. But we have two Ricky Steamboat matches in a row. Uh, this one with Ric Flair, and then next week is the Randy Savage match from WrestleMania three coming in right. at number three. Uh, so Ricky Steamboat having two of the top five matches you must see. And I, I still don't think people look back at Ricky Steamboat as being um, a super big star like that. Everyone knows, uh, you know, Ricky Steamboat was a good wrestler, but top wrestlers of all time, I just don't feel like people see Ricky Steamboat in that elk. Well, I think I think one of the reasons for that is because he never cut great promos. And in the era of sports entertainment, what became really memorable, not that wrestling, you know, like Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair weren't memorable promos, but you remember that a lot more than the wrestling. Um, yeah, I just, for me, I mean, there were little things in this match that I, I mean, everybody complains that Ric Flair has one match in him and he does the same match over and over, kind of like Bret Hart, but Ric Flair 
is a maestro with that one match in terms of pace, in terms of when to, to get the heat, when to stop and, sh- and, and, and give and show ass. You know, little things he was doing in this match that you don't see anymore that would still work, in my opinion. Like when he goes outside the ring and he calls Tommy Young outside and he just pulls his hair as if, as if Steamboat's been cheating. It's that subtle little stuff that you're playing to the crowd. And this crowd was fantastic, too, in terms of being kind of split amongst each other and just fighting amongst themselves at one point mm-hmm. during the third fall. I thought, you know, I you don't get that kind of you don't get that kind of audience performer interaction anymore because it's become so stylized that people are waiting for, you know, the setup move for the finisher. I mean, look, the WWE has done a great job in terms of their product, but they've streamlined it to the point where everybody's so ahead of the story that they know that a fall probably won't come out of nowhere unless it's a very special occasion like Goldberg and Lesnar. Goldberg and Lesnar is a special occasion. That is accurate. <laughs> um, yeah, that is uh, the big stuff from Raw and SmackDown. That's our top 100 match next week. Number three, Randy Savage, Ricky Steamboat. People have been talking about this match for, what, 30 years now? We're pretty yeah. much at 30 years at this point coming up on that. Um, and then uh, number two and number one. We are almost done. We are going to be wrapping this up before WrestleMania season. Uh, we don't know yet what we're going to do afterwards, do we? We still have no idea. No, we, well, we could, you know what? We could go back and forth and pick something that wasn't on the list, or I could, I could hold firm to my uh, commitment to retire from the show. That would be uh, <laughs> something. No, or, or, you know, just maybe take fan suggestions also. I mean, get some yeah. interaction with this show. Yeah, we're just we're coming up on that time where we got to start uh, thinking about it a little bit more. I mean, it's the end of an era. Two years of going through the top 100 well, matches on WWE Network. Well, the thing that would be cool is to kind of take that break to focus on WrestleMania, and then after WrestleMania, take the suggestions. I think, it, I don't know, maybe maybe there might be a bit too much content going up into WrestleMania. You know, yeah, focus on uh, really WrestleMania apparently is like a big show or something. It's a big show. So we're here. Um, Yep, uh, so we are going to attach now our show from Sunday night uh, with Alex Pulowski of Fightful.com uh, talking about all things Royal Rumble. So you want Jeff and I's thoughts on the Royal Rumble? Keep listening to Shake Them Ropes 194. What's up, you guys? Alex Pulowski here for the Fightful Wrestling Podcast uh, post-Royal Rumble edition. Um, so, yeah, that happened. We were all waiting to see who's going to come in at number 30, and then, okay. So uh, we'll talk to about that later. Um, but uh, first, I want to introduce my uh, trusty cohorts and co-hosts this evening, the guys from Shake Them Ropes. First up, uh, you've seen him a lot here recently. You saw him here last night. Jeff Hawkins. How you doing, Jeff? I never left. Um, <laughs> where, where'd Anna go? I think she was offended by something I might have said. She might have. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I hear there's lots of stuff going on. And like dingoes are statue people's babies over in Australia. It's just a crazy thing. Uh, so along with Jeff, we've got uh, Rob McCarron, who used to do my old gig, co-hosting the Monday Night Raw podcast before uh, I got bumped up to the majors. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing great. I was forced out. I was forced out. <laughs> I haven't given up that grudge yet. I am. Uh, I 
we got to we're going to have a uh, a heck of a show to talk about this Royal Rumble pay-per-view all six and a half hours of it uh, but first Jeff Hawkins why did I ever agree to give up the money <laughs> why did I agree to give up the money <laughs> we have uh, that's we karma had, that's karma for oh you oh my gosh we had a sure. Royal Rumble pool going uh for those Two who are unaware of me hi everybody I'm Rob McCarron host of Shake Them Ropes this is the Shake Them Ropes slash Fightful co-presentation of the Royal Rumble thank you Alex for joining us as well um and hosting this here on the Fightful side uh yes we had a Royal Rumble pool going uh, on Shake Them Ropes I randomly drew number 23, and Randy Orton randomly drew number 23, and the worlds collided, and I was the winner of the Royal Rumble pool and the $100 cash prize that now, because of something I said on the radio, I can't claim as my own, or can I? Because at this point, Jeff, I've no. already reneged on one bet. Why not just, why not just be the most slithering, conniving man in showbiz? Oh. Hold on, you're you're officially reneging on eating the hat? No, because no, are no. Still holding out hope for that. In my world, I haven't given up that. I haven't ju- I haven't done it yet. <laughs> but it's not that I haven't done it. I just haven't done it yet. That's all. But yeah, uh-huh. we, uh, I I won the Royal Rumble pool, and Tracy Allen won the Jeff Hawkins Memorial Pool. So congrats, yes. uh, congrats to Tracy. I'm still um, alive with- though, but it's the Memorial Pool. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Also want to thank uh, the proud sponsor of the Fightful podcast, On It. Uh, visit Fightful.com and just search On It, and you can find the On It link that I cannot find uh, myself or haven't been looking for. I apologize. Um, Alex, when, when, Randy Orton, when Randy Orton came in at number 23, was there anything going in your head that said, oh, Randy might win this thing? Well, only because I had to do the uh, the article earlier in the day about Betting odds shift wildly at huge favorites in all the matches. So I kind of knew that he was winning the match ahead of time uh, because there's no way the smart money is that much on one guy if he's not actually winning the match. Uh, I just was wondering how they were going to get to it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I was interested in seeing what they were going to do for the rest of the match after he came in. Uh, he certainly wouldn't have been my pick if I was booking the thing, but I'm interested in seeing what they do with him now. What's what's really cool is the fact that, you know, if you were going to have Randy Orton win the Royal Rumble, the best person for him to eliminate was Roman Reigns. And I understand the the issue with having Roman Reigns enter at 30 and you're expecting this big, huge surprise, which you really shouldn't. I mean, I believe Dolph Ziggler has entered in at 30 before. Rey Mysterio entered in at 30 and he was a big disappointment one year. Um, you know, the big surprises are usually 28, 29. It feels like I don't have facts to back me up. But when has that ever stopped me? Uh, I, I feel like Roman Reigns being at 30 wasn't that bad of a move. And if you're going to have Ro- Randy Orton win, Roman Reigns is the guy to throw out. I mean, that's going to be the guy that gets you cheered the most. So hooray for Randy Orton. I thought the stuff with Luke Harper in the match was some of the most compelling stuff. Um, I really love Braun Strowman's run in this thing. And there's a reason why they kept him so low because he wasn't going to be in there for the finish. So he dominated half the match. Uh, if Randy Orton was going to win, Roman Reigns is the right guy to do it, Jeff. I guess. I, I There's so much that's confusing me right now about this Rumble. Mostly that I'm starting to think that Randy Orton being the quote-unquote main event of WrestleMania will not be the main event of WrestleMania. It's going to be that It's going to be that situation, the, the Alberto Del Rio win where he comes on first. I, I think whoever Randy faces, I, I, are we getting John Cena, Randy Orton again? 
Are we? I mean, because we, we said a couple years ago, this was a match nobody wanted to see ever again. And now all of a sudden we've waited a couple years and now we're back and we want except, to see it now. Except me. Except, except me. Okay. I mean, well, that's it's time. Fine. I mean, it's been long enough. It's okay. time. Give me Randy Orton, that's John fair. Cena. So, so do you think John Cena retains in the Elimination Chamber? Or do you think Bray gets it? I, I can't see. I cannot see Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt main eventing WrestleMania. Well, I'm I don't, sorry. I don't see <laughs> Just, it. I don't see it coming in last. Um, you know, main event of WrestleMania is such a loose term because him getting the championship and being one of the main events of WrestleMania, I think, is more likely to happen. Uh, after tonight, I know Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has this Royal Rumble card, and Dave Meltzer was talking about how Randy Orton was a high likelihood of, of winning this match, and it was starting to trickle down early on. I stayed away from all the betting odds today. I stayed away because I wanted to. I didn't want to know any surprises who was showing up to the building. I wanted to go into this match fresh. Um, so I, I'm glad I did. Uh, Randy Orton winning to me was something that I knew the buzz was growing, but it was still kind of a surprise. Uh, when Roman Reigns came in at number 30, I thought Roman Reigns might be taking this home, and that's how he gets his rematch with Kevin Owens. Uh, I, I know the cards floated out there. I know Undertaker and Roman Reigns is kind of floating out there. I know Brock and Goldberg is floating out there. I wouldn't be shocked at all if somehow the Raw title ends up at Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns wins the title in the uh, in the March pay-per-view mm. and we get Roman, Brock, Goldberg, and Taker in like some crazy four-way main event of the show. Like, I, I don't think that's likely, but I wouldn't be surprised if that happens because you have them all intertwined. You have Roman and Undertaker intertwined. You have Goldberg and Brock, but you also have a little bit of Goldberg and Roman Reigns. You have a little bit of the intertwining in, in the, all the other realms and you have that WWE championship. Um, Alex, if you had to guess right now, it's, it's the night after the Royal rumble. We have such a long time to go. We still have almost what, three months to go. If you had to guess what the main event of WrestleMania was going to be the last match on the show, what would you guess that to be Goldberg and Lesnar? I don't want it to be that, but that's what I'm guessing. Uh, although after tonight, who knows? Because it's just, they're, they're, they're pushing this thing is Goldberg has Brock's number and that that philosophy of Lesnar can dominate everyone else on the roster, roster, but Goldberg just, you know, the spear is his one weakness and nobody else is going to try it because you're not allowed to use somebody else's move. So it was just, uh, yeah, I, I prefer to see uh, Styles Cena again because yep. Lord knows they could keep doing that forever and yeah. still making it great. It's funny you mentioned about the spear. I mean, I, I just off the top of my head can think of three people who actually do use that move, and it's so weird because you're right. Usually you're not going to have all these people using a finisher move, but Roman Reigns uses that move. Charlotte uses that move. Rhino uses that move, and not always Big are finishers either. Big Show has been using that move. Um, it, it's, it's so weird. You're right, and, and obviously Goldberg is a, a part-timer. Those guys aren't going to remove the move from their arsenal just because of this one guy coming in for a couple of months. Uh Goldberg hasn't been able to show that he can go for more than a couple of minutes in actual action. I don't know how you do a Survivor Series type main event at the main event of WrestleMania with Brock and Goldberg. This time, if they do that match, they have to go at least 10. And I don't know if Goldberg would be able to do that. Right. My, my thought is that the, way that the way that they're building this, it has to be that, that you know, Lesnar screws him out of a championship match at Fastlane or something. Because we know, uh, or we think we know, that Goldberg is wrestling some match at Fastlane. That's the scuttlebutt out there. So mm -hmm. if he is, I figure like he's got to be in the main event scene at some point. So he's going to wrestle 
let's say he wrestles Owens, and Lesnar, who hates him so much, he comes in, ruins the thing, they go another time, and this time, Brock dodges the spear or something, and is able to gain the upper hand and beat on him for five minutes, and then Goldberg gets the spear and wins. I mean, like, it's, they're, they're building to something, because this, this whole thing of Brock just can't survive a spear from Goldberg in two straight major pay-per-views has to be leading to a logical conclusion somewhere down the line, or I don't know what you're doing with the storytelling. Any, any chance, Jeff, that the main event of WrestleMania is Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman? <laughs> no, I, I'm of the opinion that whoever holds the raw world title, whatever they're called, the universal title, I think that goes on last. And I think it's probably going to be Roman and, and Undertaker. Yeah, Roman Undertaker. If I'm going by likelihood, yeah, Roman Undertaker. It, it was it was funny because you had all this stuff going on in the Rumble, and some of the matches corresponded to what Dave Meltzer had reported. Some of them didn't. Uh, Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin, to me, is a pretty intriguing WrestleMania match, and they kind of set the pace for that. Uh, that that would be one of those inner promotional type of dream matches, if you will. I don't know if anyone else aside from me is dreaming about that one. Uh, probably unlikely. Uh, but that could be a that could be a surprise one. Um, yeah, there were a lot of intriguing stuff about this Rumble match. So let's start here in full with the Royal Rumble match, and then we'll get to the rest of the card. Um, Alex, your your number one most intriguing point. I mean, we talked about the big guys in there: Goldberg, Brock Lesnar. Uh, what did what when you came away from this match? Aside from, I know you tweeted out that you were done with this company. Roman Reigns coming three. I, I know that was most likely a a satirical and not, not serious, obviously it's it's hyperbole. That's basically my gimmick, but yeah. yeah. But do you feel like the, the disdain with that move is there on a larger scale? Is this something that's going to haunt them for the next couple of weeks with Roman Reigns coming in number 30, or is it, is it not hurt so much because of the fact that he didn't win? Like Randy Orton won, Roman Reigns didn't, this would have hurt them more if Roman Reigns won, obviously, but how long does this stay with WWE? um, The hurt at that Roman Reigns was the big shocker at number 30. The, I think that, I think that honestly, the Randy Orton countering a spear into an RKO and eliminating him saves them a lot. Uh, because the fact that he came in at 30 when we were all thinking, you know, is it going to be Kurt Angle? Like, I know he said he's not going to do it, but 30, I mean, they already did Undertaker at 29. Who's kind of coming at 30 and then Roman, and you could hear the booze. Like, nobody wanted him to show up again. Um, and he came in and he eliminated the Undertaker. And then he stood in the ring, mean mugged the Undertaker and said, it's my yard now. Which yeah. doesn't build you a lot of goodwill with even casual fans. Like, I'm pretty sure if you ask somebody who watches Raw every now and then and maybe a couple of pay-per-views a year, who do you like more, Roman Reigns or Undertaker? They're going to say Undertaker. And if you ask anybody who's like a, a hardcore fan, of course the answer is Undertaker. So that's kind of a weird thing that they seem to be like I don't, they're misreading what they're doing with him. Like we'll talk about this later, but him kicking out of brass nuts at a stone cold stunner, and and you know just being Superman and then getting destroyed by Strowman to a huge pop from the audience. They don't know what they're doing with this guy, and it's it's just painfully obvious. Uh, but honestly, that that RKO out of the stunner, I'm mean, out of the out of the spear was the moment of the night for me. I, I, I pop like crazy. Jeff, if Undertaker Roman Reigns happens at WrestleMania, Roman Reigns is going in as the heel. I, it was kind of 50-50 last year with Triple H. 
Um, it was 50-50 going in with Brock Lesnar, but this is undoubtedly clear. If Undertaker and Roman happens, Roman's going in as the bad guy. No. They're going to yeah. do that Rock Cena build where, where they're hoping to put crowds against each other. They, they really think that Roman Reigns is an over baby face. I'm sorry. There, there's no way they don't, or Vince does. I, I'm sorry. that there's, there's no way they're turning Roman Reigns heel. I, I don't see it. I don't know if he's necessarily turned heel. I just think he goes in as the overwhelming unfavorite. That's fine, but that's not their intent. They're not going to push it like that. They're not going to push Roman Reigns as the quote-unquote bad guy here. A couple they're, of, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're going to do that usual thing. Oh, this crowd, they're opinionated. They're allowed to give their opinion. Yeah, you know, what they do with Cena all the time. A couple of stats uh, for the stat fans out there. The the most eliminations was indeed Braun Strowman. He dominated the first half of this match, and he was a superstar. This was like a 2001 Royal Rumble performance a la Kane when Kane was that big dog who just dominated everything and then effectively didn't play into the finish. Uh, Braun Strowman didn't play into the finish. We didn't get the big moments where he was facing off with Brock or Goldberg or Roman. So we were, we were kept out of that. I guess we're going to have to live with what happened on raw the last couple of weeks. Uh, but Braun Strowman dominating uh, a lot of talk about the surprises and how Ty Dillinger, if you will, was the only real surprise on the show, even though we did have an appearance by Mark Henry, which, you know, on shake them ropes the last couple of weeks, Jeff, we joked about it, that he might be the big surprise. And here it was, he was like one of the big surprises. Well, I mean, the Ty Dillinger point is a good one as well, uh, because I found this rumble overall to be very pedestrian. I mean, there were no big moments. Usually in the rumble, they try and build one big star or one new star to go into. That's why when it was time for 30, I thought for sure Samoa Joe was coming out. I, that was my pick for number 30 when everybody was in there and say, okay, great. That's going to be the guy they build because they have all these big names in, in the ring right now. And I think maybe the crowd had possibly expected that too much like Bailey on that WrestleMania or on that raw after WrestleMania, they expected her to get brought up, but there were no big moments. There was no big new star built here. The most elimination run was the same guy that they did last year. Cause Braun Strowman was that guy last year. Um, it really, I mean, the surprises were the guys that they didn't, they had nine slots to fill eight. and they filled. Okay. Eight. You're right. I know, yeah, but I was counting them down and I was as of, as of raw, they had nine as of yeah. SmackDown, they had eight. Yeah. And they filled it with guys like Apollo Cruz and Callisto. I mean, you know, that, that's underwhelming in its own right. Also. That, so, I mean, Ty Dillinger is the one guy that they bring in for a surprise. And you know what? The crowd got to say their little tens, but what do they really do with Ty Dillinger here other than, you know, make him get beat up a little bit and thrown out? That's uh, that's actually true. Like the surprises were negative surprises, if you will, like Callisto, Apollo Crews. Um, in a way, it, it I can see how that's a good thing for a lot of people. Like, hey, they didn't fill them with the DDPs or the Hacksaw Duggins of the world. They let the guys who were actually on the main roster who who work every week get the rumble rub. Uh, so it, it's kind of a good thing for them, but you're right. I, it's not what we were used to when we got the, the shockers. Uh, there was no JBL, Alex. There was no, uh, there was no Booker T like I had thought there might have been here in San Antonio. Um, were there, were there names that you thought Alex that were going to come in here that you were just stunned by? Like not even the Kurt angles. Cause I think Kurt angle was just a pipe dream for a lot of fans. Right. Was there anyone you expected to be in this match that wasn't uh, Samoa Joe? 
1000%. I don't know what they're doing without um, he's not he's not active in NXT anymore. Uh it's a it's a perfect spot to debut him. Have him come in, clear the ring, eliminate five guys. Have him come in at like 16, 17. Don't have him finish don't have him factor in the finish if you don't want to, but at some point he has to be in this match. The only the fact that it's the only guy from NXT came up at Ty is, is Ty Dillinger in the spot we all knew he had to come up in if he was coming up at all. That's not even a surprise. Ty Dillinger at 10 doesn't even qualify as a surprise because so many people predicted it. Uh, Jack Gallagher, to me, was the biggest surprise <laughs> because I, I thought there was no chance they were going to put a cruiserweight in the match because they're not allowed to touch bigger dudes on Raw. So that was a pleasant surprise because I like Jack Gallagher, but I knew he wasn't going to win the match, so that's a wasted... All of these uh, people coming in seem like wasted surprises the callisto and apollo cruz they're not going to do anything uh so really it's not a surprise you should have just had them declare for the rumble early like everybody else um the the two guys if you're gonna have two guys come in from smackdown like callisto and apollo cruz why in the world is it not your smackdown tag champs why in the world is are jason jordan and chad gable not in this match instead of apollo cruz and callisto I mean, that kind of bothered me, actually. Those guys were not being involved in this, in the Royal Rumble event at all. Jeff, does it does it hurt Dean Ambrose about how he was eliminated so easily by Brock Lesnar? Does it hurt that, was, that was anticlimactic, wasn't it? He just kind of got dumped. Him that, and Rusev. The Rusev elimination also was just like, eh, okay. Yeah, we, we talk about how the Apollo Cruises get the uh, Callisto, get the rub by being in the Rumble match. And that's good for the main roster guys. But then you have Goldberg and Brock Lesnar easily eliminating Rusev, easily eliminating Dean Ambrose, who is uh, who is a major player on the SmackDown side. Um, yeah, it was. I know we had Randy Orton and Bray there at the end, but it was the part timer Royal Rumble with a bit of Braun Strowman. That's what that's what this Royal Rumble was. But we all knew that going in. Uh, does that hurt the Dean Ambroses? Like Dean, Dean can probably recover from this, right? I, Rusev, I don't know. Uh, but these guys are destined not to be in big matches at WrestleMania based on the way they were here handled on Royal Rumble. Well, I mean, there, there, it, your question is also twofold because you got to take into consideration. I'm not exactly sure what my question was because I rambled on I, there for I, quite a bit. I know what you're, but but I know what you're saying here. You're you're asking if Dean Ambrose is edged by the fact that he was thrown out this way and really they've had a hard time giving dean main event credibility on his own show when they've been doing all the prop comedy and things of that nature how about i don't think about uh, hold on hold on let me finish my point here because there's a bigger point here that needs to be said when you're watching all this smackdown looked stupid in this in this royal rumble overall other than the (laughs) baron corbin elimination of braun Strowman. SmackDown looked like a bunch of geeks in the ring there with actual superstars. I, uh, this is my favorite. I'm going to record this and make this an open of shake them ropes. Jeff, I'm going to have it, mm-hmm. you know, your host, Rob McCarron, Jeff Hawkins saying, this is a point that desperately needs to be said. Jeff Hawkins, SmackDown looks stupid. <laughs> that's the new open of shake them ropes. That's Good. what just happened. That's better. Right than, that's better than the Dana Brooke open now, which I've been getting heat over still. So let's, <laughs> Hey, what about uh, what about Jerry Lawler on commentary? I thought commentary was super fun for this match. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I enjoyed having the King back in small doses. Uh, I wouldn't want him on Raw every week yelling about puppies or whatever. But um, I'm yeah. I, I thought the commentary was great. Corey Graves as always uh, shined. 
Um, yeah, I agree with you, uh, Jeff, about SmackDown looking stupid. Uh, the one of the biggest one of the biggest surprises of the whole match to me was the Corbin elimination of Strowman and wondering if they build that. But something I had just thought of was uh, that the final guys of uh, the Royal Rumble were the same three who were the final guys of that Survivor Series match. So Ayo. basically they're saying that that Roman's kryptonite is the combination of Bray and, and Randy Orton, which is kind of interesting. And I'm wondering if that continues towards SummerSlam. Like, are they going to basically have these guys come together and, and, and do something oh. at all these interpromotional, you know, events. I'm, I'm getting yelled at because Randy Orton won the rumble. So ergo SmackDown didn't look stupid in it. I yeah, don't really. know about that. I mean, the winner was <laughs> SmackDown and you know, yeah, SmackDown didn't have any announcers on the commentary team. They were just kind of an afterthought, but Hey, Randy Orton wins and under undertaker, clearly not caring about going back to SmackDown. I mean, undertaker right. for as rah rah as he was at the survivor series team seemingly is done with SmackDown, so I, I, I understand what you mean. Uh, there is a lot of red, though, on the Royal Rumble entrant list. I mean, it was dominated by Raw guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, the, the, the guys, like, I, I don't remember anything that Ziggler did in the match. I don't remember anything that Miz did in the match. You know, these are guys who are major players on SmackDown, and I don't remember him having, you know, Royal Rumble moments or whatever. Of of the first nine guys in the Rumble match, two were from SmackDown, seven were from Raw. Uh, they had multiple streaks of having five or more enter in in a row in this match. Uh, so Raw was clearly the dominant. Uh, but we have our winner of the Royal Rumble. It is Randy Orton. He is going on to main event WrestleMania by being in one of the main matches so I, I, we've talked about who it's going to go up against, whether it be Bray, whether it be John Cena. You have to guess right now on January 29th, who is Randy Orton wrestling at WrestleMania? Is it Bray? Is it Cena? Is it AJ Styles? Is it someone else? Is it other? Uh, Alex, your pick. Randy Orton versus who? I'm going to say Cena. I wouldn't have said that if they had brought up Samoa Joe because I think that they could have done that. Um, but I just can't see them giving Cena uh, 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 title reign number 16 and having him lose it two weeks later at the Elimination Chamber. It just, that just doesn't make much sense to me. So I think they're going to keep it on him and let him you know, go through until uh, Mania where he faces uh, Randy Orton. And uh, we'll, you will see if Orton takes away that 16th reign. Jeff, Randy Orton versus who? John Cena. I'm going to I'm going to go with the John Cena too. I think John Cena wins the elimination chamber. I think in elimination chamber, I don't know if we'll get even Bray or or uh Luke Harper in the match. We might. What if we get a little Randy Orton versus Bray versus Luke and the winner goes on to the WrestleMania. Put the Royal Rumble shot on the line. I don't know. Maybe we get that match at WrestleMania. Maybe it's a Wyatt family explodes as your main event. As one of the main events. Randy Orton ain't going on last at the Royal Rumble. It just isn't right. happening. It's not right. happening. So I, I think it's one. This is a WrestleMania is going to have seven main events, Jeff. You know what? I could see. I could see Cena dropping it at the Elimination Chamber and winning it on a SmackDown. I really could. Or or maybe even Orton winning it on a SmackDown to go into WrestleMania. I could see them making that switch. 
I think you have like seven SmackDowns before uh, yeah. between Elimination Chamber and the WrestleMania show. You have like seven or eight SmackDowns. So there's plenty of time. You can have like a a big special at the early end of March on uh, on a SmackDown show where you have all these big matches. Uh, you certainly could do that. But we spent quite a bit of time on the Royal Rumble. I want to get back to the rest of the show. Uh, we had several pre-show matches. Um, one of the interesting things about this uh, pre-show and bleeding into the main card, Alex, did you take anything from the fact that three of the first four matches on the show were women's matches and that they got Charlotte and Bailey out as the first match on the main show? Any Anything to that? Well, no, I think that, that you know, the first, the first thing that happened on the main show was the Bailey pop which was very big and people, people in San Antonio really loved her. And that was, that was how you started everything off. And I think the match, the match was fine. I really enjoyed the match. Uh, I think it was odd that the, that two out of the three on the pre-show were women's matches. Um, but they, there were only, there's only really one spot you could put them here or you could put them where the cruiserweights went on. Uh, so I feel like starting off the show hot, you know, and doing giving them a really good spot there is better than kind of like between the two really big matches, which is what they did with the cruiserweights. Jeff, and anything to the fact that Bailey and Charlotte opened as a negative because your second match of the show was Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns for the big gold belt on Raw. I mean, there these were the first two matches on the show on a stacked show. Uh, anything to the women's match opening Royal Rumble proper and three of the first four being women's matches. As for the opener, I think the only negative to it would be maybe expecting them to start on a high note by giving a babyface win to Bailey. But I mean, but that's in your hands as an audience. The match itself, I think it's a great responsibility to be that first match these days on yeah. major cards such as yeah. Royal Rumble. And I think they lived up to it. I, I don't know if it was as good, say, as the Charlotte Sasha Banks matches from, say, Raw. And, and you know, those big title matches where they were switching titles back and forth. But this was an absolutely solid match. The crowd was into it for the most part. They weren't chanting anybody else's name who wasn't in the building. I think this was a win-win for the women's division, to be honest with you. I, I don't know about the two pre-show matches. I thought both of those were rather pedestrian, but I thought this one was rather good. Yeah, I, I didn't see too much. I, I saw a little negativity on Twitter on the timeline, so that's why I wanted to reach out. It, it's, it's just interesting because the last several months they've done a uh, – I wouldn't necessarily call it a good job, but they've done a job trying to let the audience know that being the first match isn't necessarily a bad thing. We had the WWE SmackDown Championship defended in the opening match of a pay-per-view once with Dean Ambrose, AJ and John. Mm -hmm. So I, they have done work trying to condition people that you don't have to wait to the end of the show. The first match is sometimes very, very important. And that's what they did here. Um, I, I can see why people might've been negative on it, but I didn't necessarily see anything bad. Were, were they negative? Hold on. Were they negative on the match or were they negative on the outcome? On, no, a neither, neither. Just the fact that it was on first. The placement okay. on the card. You can't. You can't be negative about that, okay? Because this is the number two pay-per-view in the WWE canon. And this is a division that is still, I mean, look, it's been around a while, but it's still trying to get its its feet in terms of getting respect from these audiences. Because some of the booking decisions they've made from Raw to Raw or SmackDown to SmackDown have been gobsmacked stupid. So to put the women out there first and saying, you're opening this huge show in front of 40,000 people, which they announced as 52,000, I guess. 
Um, it might be, it might be, is it legit, is it legit 5220? That's my question. But, but nevertheless, that is a great responsibility for this division. And I, I don't see any negatives in it because what else are you going to put out there? Everything else is a title match or the rumble. They put the tag team title match on the pre-show. They put the six woman match on the pre-show. They put the Nia Jack Sasha Banks match on the pre-show. There's no filler in the rest of this rumble card. So th- there's nothing wrong with that. And I think they held their own. And I think you should be proud of them, to be honest with you. Yeah, and again, I want to, uh, if you're late to join or just catching up on the show, I want to congratulate Tracy Allen on winning the Jeff Hawkins Memorial Pool, the Royal Rumble Pool. We will have all the details about all the side prizes on Shake Them Ropes coming up in the midweek, uh, the midweek and edition. I'd like, and I'd like to Jeff congratulate, Hawkins. hold on, I'd like, to congratu- I'd like to congratulate Rob McCarron for winning the Rob McCarron Pool. Yes, I, I won my name. <laughs> the, Tino, the Tino Sabatelli celebration pool uh, on Shake That oh, right. I did. I was the victory. Uh, I Number 23. I, I tweeted out that I just I only did this Royal Rumble pool to subtly prove that I am the ultimate insider in WWE information. <laughs> this is my way of showing you that I know all. I know what's happening. Uh, that is not the case. That is a joke. Uh, but we'll have more details on all the side prizes, and we'll get all the winner information on Shake Them Ropes proper coming up midweek which you can catch on iTunes, uh, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, all over the place. Just shake uh, shake them ropes. Search it in your search bar. Um, let's, let's get into the Royal Rumble show. We've bloviated uh, to an enormous degree about so much right now. Uh, the show opened with the six-woman tag team match. Mickey James, her proper return to WWE. Alexa Bliss, Mickey James, Natalia losing to Becky Lynch, Nikki Bella, And Naomi, Naomi is back. They got about 10 minutes. Uh, The opening match on the Royal Rumble card in full. Uh, Any, any big hot topic thoughts on this one, Alex? Nope. I mean, I I don't know if it's a hot topic. I don't remember Mickey James being in the match. I mean, I really wasn't paying that much attention to it, but I don't remember her being in the match. Uh, I also, I also love that they're continuing the trend of, keeping their current SmackDown Women's Champion, Elixir Bliss, looking super strong by taking the pinfall here when there were literally five other women who might have taken a pinfall. Um, I, I do like Naomi is that she's using the split-legged moonsault to win matches instead of the put-my-butt-in-your-face move, uh, also called the rear view. Uh, but really, I guess uh, I'm hoping we're building toward a women's elimination chamber match in, in uh, two weeks. So let's hope that happens. You could. You could be seeing that. Um, Jeff, yeah, Alexa Bliss, uh, she keeps eating pinfalls, but you know what? She's a killer. Uh, Mickey James has kind of been on the uh, side. I mean, she is the sidekick to Alexa Bliss at this point. She's she's hanging in the background, which is interesting for someone who just re-debuted. She's been on television exactly one week. Let, let's hold our horses here just a little bit. Um, I thought Naomi looked pretty good in this match, to be honest with you. Um, I misread the tea leaves. I thought they were going to, because Mickey James has only been on TV for one week, uh, give two, her the pin two weeks okay fine if two. if we're, yes fine thank two. you well she was la luchadora for most of that first week but nevertheless hey, yes but she was the side i mean all it's right a all right it's okay a pat- once you got it twice it's a pattern can i finish my point please no um, alex <laughs> luke gallows and carl anderson no 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 stop this let me go get ahead, my point out here go ahead I misread the tea leaves on this because I thought they were going to give the the pinfall to Mickey James, make her look strong because she just came back. What they did made sense. 
Alexa Bliss should be eating the pin here to Naomi because they're trying to establish Naomi as a legit number one contender for the women's title. She can get the pin. Everybody else is involved in their own feuds. Let them go their separate ways and not screw with that any. But look, this is what you do with champions. They lose in the multi-person tags and then they get the wins in the singles matches. I was fine with this. Um. Alex, we have new tag team champions, and my question to you is simply this. Are Luke Gowles and Carl Anderson the greatest tag team of all time? <laughs> no. No, they're really, they're really good in Japan. I don't, I, don't, I, don't know about, I don't know about this. The whole thing with the two refs to me was just like leaves you wide open for something like this. Uh, I did think it was interesting that the same ref who caught a, a, a right from Sheamus in that match two weeks ago – and then disqualified them after Gallows Anderson won. He's the same guy who caught the bro kick tonight. So maybe it's like we're, we're building this like ref thing who thinks that Sheamus has it out for him. And so now he's going to be like anti Sheamus in other matches, possibly because otherwise I'm not really sure what the, what the two refs thing did for you. Uh, because then you just had Anderson cheat to win this thing. I don't know if this gets overturned tomorrow or what, but I think it's really great that you have the, uh, the guys who, who ended the new days uh, run of you know, 480 something days lose in about a month. Uh, so, but I mean, better late than never with, with Gallows and Anderson, I guess we are, was wanting them to be tag champs months ago and now they are. Jeff chances that Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson are the raw tag team champions heading into WrestleMania. 100%. Really? You don't think they lose them right back to someone on the show beforehand? No, unless I think they're going to lose them to the new new day at WrestleMania. That's who okay. I think they're going to lose in a multi tag match. I think what's going, yeah, in a pre show match, match yes. more than likely. I thought this match did nothing for them, and even worse, the the Rumble spot where now we're going to get Cesaro and Sheamus bickering again. Oh boy, because that storyline was compelling for the two months they did it before they made up and then bickered and then made up again. I, I just ah. Oh. God, I hated that, and I don't want to see it anymore, but we're getting it. Nia Jax in the final pre-show match defeated Sasha Banks. Uh, very short, very quick. We all saw how uh, this was going to go. Uh, Nia Jax uh, getting wins. Nia Jax, is she shaping up to be in the Raw title picture? Who, who are you asking, me or him? Both of you at the same time. <laughs> Answer in tandem. <laughs> Answer in tandem immediately. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, this uh, is, this yeah. is, it's going to be a uh, a fatal four way at, at Mania between these two and Bailey and Charlotte, and I think someone else other than Charlotte takes the pin, uh, and uh, Charlotte loses the title without losing her pay per view streak. That's what I'm pr- predicting for uh, for Mania. I was amazed at how strong they let her look on this. I really was. I thought they'd give Sasha a lot more offense. And don't get me wrong. As soon as Sasha walks out again, she's given up the the finish for this match. I mean, she she cannot hide her disdain for having to lose in a in a non competitive match, or at least when she doesn't want to. Um, which is a shame because I, I I still like Sasha a lot. I understand what you need to do with Nia, but this was a borderline squash match, and that's what shocked me especially against a former women's champion who's been holding her own with the quote-unquote dominant champion on pay-per-view. And that just 
blew my mind. They've they've been very good about teasing that even Charlotte is afraid of Nia Jax. Yeah, they've never met in the ring, so they're 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 using that as a um as a kind of a story that's just behind everything, so that that Nia hasn't sniffed the title scene, mainly because you have uh you know a dominant heel champion already. Uh, I would I would look for for Nia to keep uh beating on Sasha until Sasha sneaks a win in because if you look at the two of them together in the ring, Sasha's outweighed by she's half the size, literally mm. maybe a third of the size. And they're playing with that story with the giant yeah. versus the you know the little one. So that's I'm I'm interested in seeing where they go from here. I don't think I think this is obviously the first chapter in a longer feud that I think winds up culminating at Mania. Well my critical cynical theory is that Nia Jax will win the title at WrestleMania and break the streak and the rock will come out and, and crown her because they're related. <laughs> that's that's my that's my cynical Vince McMahon thinking going on right now is that oh well this will make her a big star. We'll just bring out the rock afterwards and have her raise her hand. I I, I don't know that that's a fact, but that's the theory I'm working with right now. Have any of you guys ever spent like five minutes in a mirror just trying to do the people's eyebrow? Uh, or, or is that just me? No, I haven't done that. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe, maybe just sometimes me. I can. Sometimes I can do it. I can't do it on command, but I can do I, it occasionally. Yeah, I, sometimes I do it, and I look like I'm having a I don't know some type of attack of some sort. Uh, but anyway, Rob's having a stroke. Everybody, he's got, he's got a touch of the Bell's palsy. Oh, oh, I may have to edit that oh, out. Alex, I Alex, you made it weird. I made sorry. it weird. Sorry, sorry. Oh. I may have so to sorry. edit that that's, one out. That's what I. That's what I, It's. It looks like I have something like a twitch in my eye whenever I try and raise an eyebrow. It does not look good to me. Where's Anna? <laughs> Before we get into the Royal Rumble proper, just a reminder: you can follow Jeff on Twitter at CrapGame13. You can follow myself on Twitter at ShakeThemRopes. And Alex, what is your Twitter handle? Because I was trying to find it and I can't, uh, I yeah. can't quite get it at the tip of my iPhone. At Palowski the Fourth, I'll spell it for you later, kids. Palowski the Fourth on the Twitter machine. Go follow him immediately. Uh, Charlotte Flair is sixteen and zero uh, to start her WWE pay per view career. She beat Bailey. Is this an over issue, Alex? I mean, you kind of hinted at it. You think the single issue uh, between the two might be over heading into WrestleMania, and we get some type of four way. Um, do we rematch Charlotte and and uh, Bailey on the Fastlane pay per view, or is Bailey just done for? No, I think I think she gets another rematch on uh, at um, at Fastlane, uh, and I think Charlotte uh, doesn't win so easily there. Uh, maybe even has to cheat to win, uh, which you know allows the, the 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 thing to progress. I I enjoyed the match for what it was. I I liked it a lot. I I think these two have potential to put on great matches together. Uh, I even like the finish with the natural selection on the apron, but I do think the whole the apron, if that's the hardest part of the ring, is on, in danger of jumping the shark because they're doing that a lot now. There are a lot more apron moves than than I remember seeing before, uh, and eventually they're just going to start doing, you know, simple things like you know where they have uh, submission maneuvers being done on a table that have nothing having to do with the table at all. It's more, it it's like more that. dangerous on a table. Yeah. It's more dangerous on a table. More da- oh, they, can't, they can't clutch any ropes. <laughs> they're on the table. They can't escape. Yeah. Jeff rant. 
<laughs> I no, I liked the match. I liked uh, I liked Bailey pulling out the Macho Man elbow. Uh, I thought that was a little cool thing, even though she had to set it up again because I think Charlotte was out of position. I thought Charlotte was pretty good in this match as well. I thought both both of them worked together. I I, I think Fastlane's going to be to set up that third person in the match. I think it's going to be a Nia Jax Charlotte Flair match where Charlotte probably wins by countout or something to that effect. And just says, look, I've conquered the entire division. Okay, we're putting you in a match with the entire division. Here you go. Random and not any way relating to the Charlotte Bailey match, but I, I I had this in my notes and I completely skipped it. But Jeff, we had talked about on our Royal Rumble pre-show, uh, preview show that Seth Rollins was uh, was a one of the possible victors of the Royal Rumble match because we did yes. not in any way think he was actually going to be kept out of this match. Is that one of those one you know negative surprises where something didn't happen that we expected? Seth Rollins being in the Royal Rumble match, I thought was going to end up happening. It didn't. I thought either he was going to end up in the match or Triple H would end up in the match and Seth would screw him. I, I didn't think that they were going to take that he's banned from the arena seriously because they've never been able to successfully ban anybody from an arena. And your only appearance of Seth Rollins all weekend was on NXT. That That seems... Seems like a bit of a waste. Yeah, Alex, why is WWE uh, security so bad at keeping people out of the building? <laughs> uh, well, because they're not really real security. They're uh, they're independent wrestlers from the area that they what? Uh, they yeah they give a black polo to and say, "Hey, stand wait, here." Wait, wait, what? No, no, <laughs> those are WWE hired security people. You no how, trained trained professionals. How dare you question the validity? Of WWE security? How dare you, Alex? How, how Santa Claus is real, Alex. Okay. Poor form. Poor form. I gotta say, Jeez. poor form. Yeah, poor form. Uh, anyway, <laughs> back to the problem. show. Back to the show. The World Championship of Raw and the Universe took place. Kevin Owens defeating Roman Reigns. Chris Jericho ended up not coming into play on this one, but Braun Strowman did. This is where you see some Braun Strowman interplay in the Roman Reigns picture, which after the Royal Rumble seem to make no sense. Like I'm thinking, you know, Braun's going into this one. Is he a hired gun from Kevin Owens? Because that doesn't really seem to fit into Kevin Owens uh, play. Is it just as Michael Cole said during the match that Braun was upset with Roman for previous attacks and that's it. Like you couldn't attack him at any other time. You had to wait until he was in the ring in the WWE title match. Cause this seems like it's going nowhere other than to uh, just make a way for Kevin Owens to win. Yeah. you know oh go ahead yes yeah, yeah. uh I, I i will i also agree with you i thought this was setting up a major thing that we're gonna go oh my god we're gonna get roman versus braun at mania or anything anything or an, anything but i thought it was gonna set up i thought it was something up major but it's setting up nothing apparently uh but yeah i, I will disagree with you when you said jericho didn't fit a factor in the match at all well i mean he did sneak in a pair of brass knucks in his skinny jeans and and uh, drop them down into the uh, into the ring, uh, so that Kevin could pick them up, hit Roman, and Roman could kick out of a brass knuckle punch. Uh, yeah, I guess I, he played in a little bit. I guess uh, what I meant to say was more towards the finish because yeah, you, you would think that he would go into the finish, and it was Braun Strowman. Uh, maybe if they do a match at Fastlane, if they want to do wrong, you know, because Undertaker's probably not wrestling at Fastlane. So you do Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Roman gets a win. But then what does that make Braun Strowman look like? I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but it just seemed like you're going to have Braun and Roman at some point. 
And then after the Rumble, it didn't look as likely, Jeff. I mean, this is a match that was seemingly set up at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view just to not happen. I think they may use Braun to build Roman and Undertaker. I think yeah. that might be your 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 build there. You do Roman and, and Braun at fast lane, and then maybe Undertaker comes in to screw. That way you don't pin Braun. So yes. I mean that that would that would be my that would be my prevailing theory. Is there anybody better at making Roman Reigns look good than Kevin Owens? I, I don't think so. I think Kevin Owens made him look like a million bucks in this match. And especially having the no DQ and just having plunder all around to go back to his, you know, and he 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 his plunder matches uh, the past two years on the main roster have been the best um individual matches in terms of those types of stipulations from any talent on the roster, in my opinion. Because the one with Dean Ambrose was fantastic that started this whole thing. That was fantastic. I, I just I could watch these types of matches all day out of Kevin Owens. He he's so clever in setting up his spots. And yes, you do get, you know, Chekhov's pyramid of chairs that later comes into play, but that's all part of the storytelling here. I, I thought I really liked this match. I thought Roman was pretty good in it as well. Um not not to dissuade from him in any way, uh, but Kevin Owens just crashed like a champ for him. Yeah, uh Owens is willing to uh, bruise all of his insides uh, to make somebody else look good. Uh, he always has been. Uh, he'll take anything to like the thing I think he had at Rumble last year was he got shoved off of the top turnbuckle mm-hmm. onto a whole bunch of chairs or through a bunch of tables or something. He he just he'll he'll do that. He absolutely. If I'm gonna lose, I want someone to have to kill me so before I lose. And and he does. And it's I mean that spot was great. Uh, my my question was. Uh, was there going to be like a convention later in the Alamo Dome that they needed all those chairs for? I was wondering when there's like, if they pull out one, I totally get it. But there were literally dozens of chairs under the ring tonight, which just seemed kind of odd. What I'm, what I'm thinking happens is, you know how the first couple of rows at WWE events get those commemorative chairs that they get to take home with them? Yeah. What, what I think they're worried about is that everyone leaves early and all the chairs are gone, so they just need replacements. <laughs> Like in case, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe you want to set the commemorative chair aside uh, so you don't kind of, you know, I don't know, butt sweat, like ruin the chair. I don't know. You, you never thought about that, didn't you? I, I've been thinking about the logistics. Um, I'm all about the logistics <laughs> of the front few rows in WWE. Um, yeah, we had uh, we had a Funaki reference during the Kevin Owens Roman Reigns as they went through International Row. We got to see all the international broadcasters. Uh, we got to see quite a few of them tonight. Poor, poor SmackDown announced or the Raw announced table getting decimated early on in the show, uh, never to be seen again. And, and SmackDown, you look at Mara Ronaldo there, like like he's the king of the castle because he's still got his table. Uh, very interesting on the commentary side. I don't know what I'm talking about. Speaking of I don't know what I'm talking about, Neville is the king of the cruiserweights. Neville, victorious against Rich Swan. Uh, what do you think of this match, Jeffrey? And what do you think about Neville finally reigning the cruiserweight division? I really liked this match. I thought this was possibly the best cruiserweight title match we've had since the division has been brought in. Um, I'm not sure of the future of it. I, I just there there are things that aren't connecting that connected with that network slash full sale crowd that aren't connecting with a 
for lack of a better term, a more generic WWE crowd. I don't know what it is. I think it's probably the complaint that the little guys do the same moves as the big guys, or even worse, they're doing grappling amongst each other at 205 while the big guys are doing pescados and whatnot. I, I don't know what's missing here, but this match I thought was pretty darn fantastic. And I thought Neville, you know, Neville makes a great champ here. And I thought Rich Swan did well for himself too in his first quote unquote major pay-per-view. Yeah. I, I, my, my problem with them, with the cruiserweights on, on the main roster and with this match in particular is I don't want to see these guys doing rest holds. Stop chin locking each other and jump over stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what I loved about the cruiserweight classic is because these guys tried you know did amazing things for ten minutes trying to win matches and it felt like they were stalling for time by having Neville of all people just put Rich Swan of all people in a chin lock in the middle of the ring. Which I get it. That's what you do to build the heel. Like you you hate the guy and then you cheer for the other guy to get up and. It's the way we do things, but it doesn't have to be. You could do something different with these guys. Um, but all the stuff around that particular section uh, was was amazing and great. Um, I my one fear is that they do they're going to do with Neville what they do with all heel champions, and he's going to become a coward. Uh, I want this guy to be the monster of the cruiserweight division. I don't want him to to even come close to losing to anybody for a while until he loses the title in a multi-man ladder match at Mania. I want him to, to, to Brock Lesnar his way through the cruiserweight division for a couple See, that's of months. Inter- that's interesting because Rob knows my fear. My fear is that they give him a coronation with a crown and a scepter. Well, that would be worse than my fear. So you, <laughs> you've replaced my fear with your fear. And if they, do that, if they don't do it for Neville, they still have Tyler Bate to work on that with. They have other options for the crown and the scepter um yeah neville is the uh, king of the cruiserweight division i think there's only upward momentum from here honestly now that you have a clear direction seemingly with neville you cement him in there uh i think this is better than what kendrick was honestly as the heel champion um i don't think rich swan is the guy to continuously go up against him and i do agree that wrestlemania you're going to have a multi-man ladder match so we may not actually see the uh the growth of that momentum until after wrestlemania uh, but yeah, Neville winning here is the right call. Uh, Neville winning here was the only call to me. I, I do want to say that I absolutely love Neville's new finisher, the heel finisher of this of this submission move. Oh, yeah. Getting rid of the red arrow and having him do this, this butterfly crossface, which I have decided to call the butterface, is, uh, is an incredible uh, submission maneuver that I think he should win all of his matches with. Oh. <laughs> Let's get to the big one here. John Cena finally defeated AJ Styles. There was no interference from the club. They were too busy celebrating their tag team title victory. And I wonder if that'll come into play in any way, like uh, with AJ Styles, uh, if they want to continue any type of club interference references. Uh, But AJ Styles loses a hard fought match. We got to the final like five or six minutes where it was just the changing of finishers, uh, which is really cool stuff. Uh, you know, some complaints I saw on Twitter, and I want to get your thoughts on, uh, was this too similar to the SummerSlam match? Was there not enough difference in here? Uh, you saw this complaint a lot with the Kevin Owens-John Cena trilogy in some ways. Uh, any Anything to the fact that it wasn't different enough? And, and if it wasn't, is that even a bad thing, Alex? 
I I guess I I'd have to go back and rewatch SummerSlam. Uh, I've seen so much wrestling since August. I'm trying to remember uh, if this was because I didn't think that watching it. Never, whenever once crossed my mind that I think, well, this is the same thing I watched, you know, six months ago or whatever. Uh, I, I, I really loved this match. I'm, I lo- loved this match. Uh, I, I couldn't believe there were some things in there. There was there was elements of of a John Cena like doing st- running vicious lariats. Like that's not yeah. a thing that I see from from, from Cena. There's really cool stuff. Easily the best code red John Cena has ever executed. There you go. That's what I was gonna focus on but this continue. this was the best pro wrestling match in january of 2017 jeff tell me where i'm wrong oh you liked this better than omega and okada who are they oh geez really okay um i i will say this this is the this is the john cena main event style where each guy gets to do their finisher kick out each guy gets to do a super version of their finisher and kick out John Cena still gets to do his power moves. Um, it's a very good style. It's fun to watch. Um, old school me tends to kind of go, okay, you're going to just start kicking out finishers over and over here. But I liked the ending to this where he just keeps hitting his finisher over and over in order to pin AJ Styles. Um, I, You know, it's weird because for me, the first third of this match, I thought John Cena was going in slow motion. I thought he might have gassed himself running down to the ring, possibly, because there was something sluggish about him in that first third of the match that I just couldn't get over. I don't know if you guys picked up on that at all, but... Um, big lunch. A big lunch, yeah. I mean, it's the Royal Rumble, extra catering. I am concerned. I don't know where AJ Styles fits into the Mania card, and I hope it's not a multi-man match. And quite frankly, I hope it's not a Shane McMahon match. I really there you go. There you go. That's what they're going to do. I don't want it, but I feel like that's what they're going to do. Um, they still have time to bring up Joe in the Elimination Chamber and put those two together. I'll listen, take that. I would. Their thing would please me more than to see AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe at WrestleMania in Orlando, where they taped all those TNA matches. With Dixie but, in the front row. That's yeah. what <laughs> that ain't happening in a Vince McMahon-produced show. No, I, I would know. love probably it, not. but it ain't happening. Probably uh, uh, probably not. Um, but uh, when you were saying that he was sluggish, it looked to me like it was AJ and, um, and Cena both trying to do Omega Okada. Like feeling each other out for the first third, taking some time. Real, I, I thought it was going to go forty-five minutes, and because it was, it's happened so early in the night, um, and I thought they were trying to like save energy and figure out how what's the best way to get to this guy, uh, uh, Cena. Basically, all the things I tried before didn't work. Let me see if I can do something else. And Styles going, I know that he's going to try something else. What's it going to be? That's what it felt like to me. Uh, but but when business picked up and it show did. Uh, it was awesome. Loved it. Um, and it's not, wasn't better technically than Omega Okada, but I will say I enjoyed it more because okay. I have the context of watching these guys do all their stuff for the past several months where with, uh, unfortunately for me, I, I don't keep up with New Japan all that much. So I just watched a great match having no idea of the history between Omega and Okada. And that's a whole, that was a sweet, you know, code red it was. too i i just want to i just want to go back and say that thing was i mean that thing popped me out of my couch it was a sweet 
code red. Uh, what do you think about the six? We're, we're only a couple of weeks away. This may as well serve as an Elimination Chamber preview show, really, at this point. Um, Elimination Chamber match, the main event of the SmackDown pay-per-view coming up. AJ, John Cena, Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, Dean Ambrose, Baron Corbin. You got anyone else displacing one of these guys as the six? Uh, could Samoa Joe take the spot of maybe a Luke Harper? What about Dolph Ziggler? What about The Miz? Uh, who do you see as your six guys going into the uh, chamber? I, I hope The Miz is in it. He deserves it. He deserves to be in, in a title match. Uh, uh, I, I, yeah, it was before this happened, before uh, John Cena took the title off of Styles, I actually thought The Miz should win at Elimination Chamber, not pitting Styles, not pitting Cena, pitting somebody else, like Harper off of a move that somebody else did to Harper, being a snake and getting a win that way. Because The Miz, after his last calendar year, deserves a run with the WWE Championship. But it's not happening now, not that Cena's got it. Bray, Corbin, Cena, Ambrose, Ziggler, Miz. All right, that's seven, and you... Have no AJ in there. No, I don't. Maybe he gets kept out. I don't know. You think maybe they just have a seventh guy on the top of the cage? He can't come in until he's called? Sure. I don't know. You're you're asking me to to do this last second. Maybe Bray doesn't even get involved at all because Randy's his family member. Well, Jeff, as you know, everything I ever ask you is last second because I don't, we don't prep. (laughs) Let me, let me bring something else up because this is another point that we we kind of glossed over for all all of this no finn balor to be seen in the rumble is he cleared in time for wrestlemania and is that the possible aj styles match uh yes and my god i hope so wouldn't that be great that'd be cool match on the uh on the smackdown side it would be tough to justify uh but i mean in this age of undertaker going wherever he wants uh if you have an interpromotional match like braun and baron maybe you could do something with finn balor it's an ex- uh, it could be an exhibition match the top guy on smackdown versus this guy on raw like it's yeah. the club the I club would, uh, you get the club involved on it and then i would say fine. it's more likely that he's one of those post wrestlemania raw surprises than actually okay. showing up at wrestlemania cuz you you have to know that he's going to be healthy for that show and you have to know that about a month and a half beforehand when you really start building what your card is going to be. So it's not just that, is he going to be ready for Mania? Is he going to be ready in the middle of February is what you right. really have to be asking with Finn Balor. Uh, quickly, uh, rapid fire here. Alex, your best match on this Royal Rumble 2007 pay-per-view. Uh, Cena versus Styles, 1,000%. Yep. Cena Styles. Yeah, I agree. The Cena Styles was uh, pretty amazing. Uh, match there and your overall grade for the Royal Rumble pay-per-view Jeff what would you grade this show from a top to bottom scale A through F B Alex uh B plus A minus B plus I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a big solid B and that B is for Baron and Braun Baron and Braun your superstars heading in to 2007 and beyond um that is the royal rumble pay-per-view is there anything else we missed alex and go ahead and close us out um yeah uh i don't think there's anything else that we missed and we went through all this stuff um the big thing coming out of this that i've seen on my uh timeline in on twitter is people seem to think that that roman eliminating taker was a full-on heel turn and i would love that but i don't think that's what they're doing uh guys do you think that's what they're doing with this because no that was not a it's not a full-on heel turn to eliminate guys from the royal rumble match guys eliminate their friends all the time i mean right 
it's not a heel turn to eliminate someone. It's what you do after that is what would right. actually. They, they hype it. They hype it as every man for himself. It's not a heel turn. The, yeah, the point. The point being that he that he then said to him, "It's my yard now," which is a very heelish thing for a guy to say. I will, right, but you I gotta understand. Not... You gotta hold on. You gotta understand that Vince McMahon likes alpha males, so it's not a heel turn in in his eyes. I agree. Go ahead. Yes, if he comes out in a Trump shirt tomorrow night on Raw and shoots Undertaker with a BB gun and then reveals the shirt to actually say on the back, I'm a heel now, that will be the Roman Reigns heel turn. That'll be the Roman Reigns heel turn. There you until go. then. Until yeah. then. So watch out for that tomorrow. Maybe it's happening. Who knows? Uh, guys, Jeff, Rob, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Fightful Wrestle Podcast. Everybody, go over to Fightful.com. Uh, we have now two... Count them two brands, the Raw and SmackDown of Fightful. Uh, we have uh, FightfulMMA.com and FightfulWrestling.com. Just in case there's people out there who only want one or the other. Uh, all you wrestling fans out there who don't want an MMA in your life, we got you covered. FightfulWrestling.com and FightfulWrestle at FightfulWrestle and at FightfulMMA on Twitter. Uh, please, everybody, go there and uh, check all of our stuff out. We have amazing features, uh, in particular, Anna Bowert's amazing, most ridiculous that she does every week. She's got a new one up today about uh, the Royal Rumble, all the matches on the card. It was hilarious, as always. Uh, check us out on all the podcasts all week long. So many podcasts, you won't have time to listen to them. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Pawlowski, the fourth, uh, P-A-W-L-O-W-S-K-I-T-H-E, the numeral four, T-H. Follow Rob, at Shake Them Ropes. Follow Jeff, at Crap Game 13. Until next time, guys, we are out. In the world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.